This is To The Point. A Rhino experience. Voted one of the top home services marketing and operations podcasts. Cutting through the bullshit and getting to the point. What's up To The Point listeners? It's your boy, the host of To The Point Home Services Podcast, Chris Yano, along with my co-host, Mr. Tall Paul Rebin. My friend, how you doing? Chris, I'm good, man. Loving the energy today. You have a little edge to you. I don't know what it is. Something, hey, do you, uh, something do you in here. Cinco de Mayo. It is Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Drinco, which, by the way, they do not celebrate in uh, Mexico. Which so, we learned. Yeah, Bianca yeah. on our team shared with us the real history behind this particular day. And I'll tell you what, man, I was, uh, I was enlightened. I didn't know all those things. So this time last year, we actually did our first live uh, episode with Ken Goodrich, and it was the First Ask Anything episode, and we had margaritas that morning. We did, yeah, yeah. ten a.m. that morning. It so. was our it was our last live one. One thing we didn't prepare for was live audience feedback coming into the coming in through the chat on Facebook. It wasn't even that big of a There's big a, of a deal. Someone said um, the f word. That's a big deal to me. Hey, you know what's interesting is that um, this time next week. We will actually be on vacation. So after this episode, we have a uh, we we will we're gonna actually take a vacation. We're gonna go on our sales incentive trip for Rhino, and uh, me and TP will be out of the studio. We will. So that's never happened either. But yeah. in the studio today, well, not in the studio on the uh, on the podcast today is a dear friend of ours, and uh, and and we listen. This guy's listened to every single episode. So. Everyone. Everyone, so he knows what's up. I want to go ahead and just make a quick quick introduction to John Mizaraka, the Miz, who is... What's up, guys? What's up, brother? So you are now, as a, like I found out today, the Vice President of Sales South Division for Jim Air. Is that correct? Southeast Division, yeah. South- so you actually found out before my team found out. How about that? Well, oh, we you feel have seven so days, privileged. Brother. Seven <laughs> days. You got seven days to share. Well, congratulations, man. Thank you. Appreciate that. Dude, it's been great. Uh, when you and I first met, it was you were in Denver. Yeah. And you were working at, uh, yeah, you're working at that company in Denver. Yep. Uh, big player, Denver. And we we had a we had a great go. We had a great run, man. <laughs> we did. Do you remember who I was with on our first meeting with me, you, over at Carrier? I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you had him on your show not too long ago. I did, mentor Mr. of mine, Mr. Frank Demarco. That was a right. fun run. It was good getting to reminisce with him about that because we, I mean, we came out of the gate and, and crushed it. Mission was, my mission was accomplished. <laughs> crushed it. That was a lot of fun. But what's great about it is, I what I like about having been in this industry so long uh, is just all the relationships I've I've not only um, had but retained. Um, yeah. You know, and because I meet so many people. And so that part is equally as rewarding to me. And then watching people's progressions, like through the industry and what they're doing. And, and you, know, you know, we talk about this all the time, even though the industry is huge, it's actually, you know, kind of small. Um, everybody knows everybody still, you know, at some it's, level. It's amazing. It's been pretty cool. So it's been neat to watch your journey, like, you know, from you going from there. And I'm not even sure, really sure where you started before that. But um, and that's something that we'll get into. But before we do it, I want to let you guys know, all the listeners know that, uh, my man John Mizaraka has done some things. Uh, he's had a great deal of success, and you know what, man? I've heard from people that I like. I've just met who will who say, "Hey, you know, you know John Mizaraka." I'm like, "Well, how the hell did you even know I would know John Mizaraka?" I'm talking like <laughs> random things like this have come up throughout the years, so which is pretty cool, man. So, um, 
it's you've had a lot of great success in sales. So if you're in the sales side of things too, John's going to share some great, great stuff. Um, you don't get to the vice president of sales um, by not being good at selling. Um, you know, but not all, listen, like I, 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 I think that there's lots of different tactics that you can, that you can use some work in the short term, but you can't stretch this long of a sales relationship by doing it wrong. Um, you do it right. And that's important. So I can't wait for John to kind of share some of his tactics and things that he's used along the way. Um, but first let's get to know the Miz. Oh, here we go. Are you good. ready? I'm ready. Okay. So you've heard the podcast. So you understand we ask some of these questions. Um, I'm not going to play Would You Rather on this one, okay? Um, but I will ask just a couple of quick questions to let everybody know. I know that you, um, like you and I have always kind of bust each other's chops. That's the kind of relationship that we have. We have a lot of fun. Um, I know you're a hard worker, but let's find out a little bit of the, uh, another side of John Mazzaraga. So if you can have dinner with anyone, alive or dead, who would it be? Yeah, so I would I would have dinner with my grandparents. You know, unfortunately, uh, my grandparents, three out of four of them passed away before I was old enough to remember them, right? So oh, there's a lot of questions that I would want to ask them, and uh, I think that would be really cool. You know, I hear a lot from my parents about what kind of people they were, but to actually get to know them and have some time would be awesome. Yeah, sure. So learn a lot about your family because they probably know even more than so go further back. Yeah, and Paul's met some of my family. He knows uh, my family is a lot like I am. We're a little strange. So to kind of find out where uh, where some of that came from would be great. Good people hail from Rochester, New York. <laughs> All right. Rochester people know Rochester people. So shout out to the Rochester listeners who will probably reach out. Is that where you're from, Miz? Rochester, New York. That's, That's where you're right. from. Okay. All right. That's upstate. That's different. Yeah. That's different. Where I come from is different too, okay? I was just back in, in, I was just back in Indiana. Uh, this past weekend for my buddy Shane's wedding. Um, ironically, this guy owns a lift rental company. Um, and when we very first started Rhino, it I I bartered with him. We were friends. I bartered with him so I could use the front part of his warehouse as my office. Uh, there's no way. I, we, we were breaking health code violations, HR violations, <laughs> like everything you can possibly think of. But it was cool to go back home and just see. And I always like going back home and just being humbled on where I where where I come from. So that's always good for like the soul for me. Absolutely. Okay. So next, um, if you could, you're going. Okay. So, I went back for a wedding Friday night after the rehearsal dinner was. Uh, we went out and you know all hang out afterwards, and we went to the uh, a bar, like a well, it's a bowling alley bar because it's the Midwest, sure. um, and they had karaoke. So I've got a go-to song, but what would your go-to song be to sing karaoke? Well, I don't know if you've ever heard me sing, Chris. Uh, <laughs> not quite as good as you are. So in honor of the day, my song would be Tequila. Tequila. Wow, great answer. Quick on your feet. Yeah, that would be the only one I'd, I wouldn't have to worry about the words. It would be fantastic. Yeah, that's oh, actually really good. And all you have to do is just know Tequila. Okay, that's crowd a, pleaser. Damn, that was good. Did you prepare for that? You had that. You all you had that prepared. I know it. I have listened to every show, right? <laughs> Fair enough. I, I do. I think that's what makes Miseraka <laughs> so good at what he does. Man, he's ready and prepared. Miseraka, do you have a joke on the top of your head that you oh, can share? So you didn't hear this one on the podcast before? No, I did not. Do you have a joke? I'm going to say it again, so it gives you time to think and prepare for it. 
Do you have a joke that you could share with our listeners that's on the top of your head? If not, oh, I'll, get, I'll throw one at you. He's got it. I can see Yeah, it. so I'm happy. You know, it's, we'll keep it PG. So, uh, Paul, guess who told me you talk like an owl? Who? That was terrible. Crushed it. Hey, I thought you were going to tell the joke about the pirate driving. Don't you have a pirate driving joke? With a steering wheel in his pocket? Yes. Yeah, I was driving him nuts. Oh. <laughs> How oh. say it again, though? It's driving me nuts. Thank you. <laughs> See what you get, Chris. Listeners. Chris, we can do this for a full hour if you want. <laughs> Listeners, I apologize. I apologize. I know that you tuned in for more than this, and I apologize. Um, yeah, you just lost about 50% <laughs> of your listeners right there. Uh, no, damn it. Okay, let's get to the good stuff. Thanks for uh, thanks for sharing that with us, Miz. Appreciate that. Those are two solid jokes. Oh, man. Um, so good. <laughs> Jeez, All right. You, you want me to try to get it back on track while you <laughs> yeah, gather good. So we have an unspoken rule on the podcast. I don't even know what we call it, but it's kind of the two strikes rule. And if your name gets brought up more than once on the podcast, we're going to invite you on. So we're honored to have you on today because your name's been brought up by several people as having been an influence in their life. One being Julian Scadden, the CEO of Nextar, and also Frank DeMarco out at Service Champions. So these are big guys who, when we were asking them you know, to tell us their journey, your name unsolicited just popped up. It just happens to be that we know you. Now, Chris and I know you and have known you for years, but we know you separately. So I'm going to tell my little Miseraka story. When oh, I got boy. into the industry, 2008, I worked for Lennox at the time. Um, I was a couple months on the job. I'd visited with all my customers. And one day I thought, you know what? It's time to go meet with some train dealers. I'm going to convert some of these train dealers over to Lennox dealers. So I walked into NYTEC Heating and Cooling in Castle Rock, Colorado. And I, I started a conversation with Dan Reeder there, who still owns and operates that business. But he gave me one piece of advice. He said, if you're anything like John Miseraka, you're going to be successful at this job. And I'd never heard that name before, but I looked you up and we eventually met. And that was, gosh, 2008 or 2009. And we've been friends ever since. And yeah. had the opportunity to work together in a few different ways on the contracting side where I got to know you. You know, you took a company that was you know, I forget how much in million in revenue to 20 million in revenue. And, um, it's just been impressive to watch your, your career unfold. And, and here you are in the studio, it all comes full circle. So, um, let's jump into it, John, like we like to ask all of our guests, tell us your story. How'd you get into the trades? Yeah, it was by, uh, I don't know, by luck, I guess, if we can call it that some days it might not be, but, uh, <laughs> I, I was graduating high school. I'll take you back that far in Rochester, New York. I went to, uh, Edison Tech Occupational uh, High School. So we learned trades there, which was uh, really cool. So a little shout out to my high school. Um, when it was time to graduate, my friends were either going in the military or going to college. And I had no idea what I wanted to do in my life. So I thought maybe I'll just go in the military like my friends did. And they were all going to the Marines. So I, I made a trip down to Paris Island to watch one of them graduated. And within five minutes, I absolutely knew my calling was not to be a Marine. <laughs> I have a ton of respect for those guys. I love them. Uh, it's awesome, but I don't like get punched in the face um, or doing a lot of physical work. Right. Sure. So uh, I, I went over and I talked to the Air Force guys uh, and they were glad to, to bring me on. You know, so I joined the Air Force and I thought I told them, hey, I just want to go see the world. I want to see the world. I don't care what job you do. If it's with airplanes, that'll be cool. So like, no problem, we'll get you guys hooked up. They sent me to Cheyenne, Wyoming for eight years and I learned heating and air conditioning on nuclear missile silos. So I spent all my time underground 
awesome. uh, in Cheyenne, Wyoming, uh, of all places. But, uh, you know, everything happens for a reason. I'm a firm believer of that. Took me out there. When I got out of the military, I moved down to Fort Collins, which is an amazing town in Colorado. Uh, one of my good friends in the Air Force started a heating company down there. So he brought me on to be a service tech uh, and quickly uh, realized that I am not mechanically inclined. <laughs> I can walk you through how to fix a furnace, but if I had to touch it, I'm going to hurt myself and I'm going to start bleeding. So he, he saw that I was good with customers and he, he really convinced me into going into sales. And I fought it tooth and nail because all I thought it was car salesman, you know, that I didn't want to be a car salesman, but uh, he set me up with some classes. The first class I ever took was with a guy named Tom Piscatelli. Um, oh. Do you know Tom? I do. Yeah. So uh, I recently just reached out to him to, to tell him uh, that he really affected my life, you know, pointing it in a direction. He probably didn't remember who I was, right? Um, but I got my first taste of sales and how to do it being a consultative salesperson. And I think that's what the name of his class was, as a matter of fact. So I learned you can go in and ask questions and talk to people and uh, sell stuff that way, you know? So I really got the bug for that and loved it. Uh, worked for my friend in Fort Collins for a while. Then I moved down to Denver, uh, spent some time there where I was fortunate to get more training with a the company. They sent me to a bunch of airtime 500 classes. Paul, I sent you uh, something the other night. I, I was that. just going through some old paperwork and found some paper. Actually, my friend sent it to me. Uh, where I was a million dollar sales guy. And, and that was a big deal back then. What? We're going way back. Uh, if you can sell a million bucks, you're, you're considered first class, I guess. Now <laughs> you'd be looking to keep a job, right? But uh, who else was on that list though? Because there were some names on there. This was 1990, what? Yeah, I'd have to go back. Doesn't matter. It was a long time ago. But there were some names on there that are big players today. So who else? There were some pretty list? big names. And I was shocked because I obviously didn't know them back then. But now, again, happens to be where I'm at. There were some local guys that were on there that uh, I really look up to. Yeah, John so Bancroft, kinda, Morris yeah, Jenkins, you're there. too humble to mention it. But yeah. I mean, here's Miseraka just outperforming some of the bigger names, bigger players today. That's I cool. I would definitely not say outperforming. We shared some space. <laughs> there you go. Humble. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but uh, it's fantastic stuff, you know. So I did that job and I really loved it. And one of the things that now reflecting back on me back then is – I would get bored easily. I didn't know that, right? So I would uh, do sales, I'd get bored. And I and I saw this territory manager that came over. I uh, used to take us golfing and out to lunch and stuff. And I thought, man, what an amazing job that guy has. I want to do that. Yep. Uh, so I spent some time on the distribution side and, and learned that, fell in love with that for a little while until I learned you know, enough there. And I was like, man, I can take what I learned here, put it back on the other side, on the contractor side and do even better. Yep. Uh, so I did that. Went back and I ended up at uh, Kaufman, uh, which was a great company in Denver. Oh, Spent yeah. some time there. They're a customer of ours. Yeah. Kaufman is? Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah, they're fantastic. Uh, great people. Pat Quinlan was the owner there at the time and and really uh, took care of me. Made sure I got all the training that I needed and, and put a lot of effort into me, which was fantastic. And I actually met Julian there. Julian worked there at the same time. Julian worked uh, at Kaufman? We're all connected. Yeah. Oh, wow. So when we talk about a small world, wow. everybody seems to have gone through Denver at some point. Yeah, <laughs> That's true. But yes, yeah, so I spent time there and then, uh, you know, back to uh, the distribution side for a while and then uh, ended up at Cooper. Great people. Yep. Absolutely love that time there. Learned probably the most I've ever learned. Where we met. Yep, that's right. Where we met there. I got to meet Frank, Gary and Rosalie Cooper. Fantastic people. Um, so it was a great ride. And then 
gosh, I guess it was about five years ago. You know, I had a great job, making more money than I ever thought I would make, uh, living in a great city, and one day driving home, you know, they legalized marijuana there, and uh, <laughs> it got super crowded. It took me about an hour and a half to get home on a normal 45-minute drive, and uh, for some reason, I just went home and told my girlfriend, let's pack up and move to North Carolina, and we did that within three months. <laughs> And ended up out there, and then I got That's to work like a with my good friend Paul right out there, there for a while. <laughs> Wait, yeah. say that part again. Well, working with my good friend Paul. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, what? Paul took me under his wing, taught me how to be a good TM, and uh, <laughs> right. we had a blast. <laughs> and then he quit me, Chris. That's it. Yep. Most disappointing day of my life. Came back and said, "I'm going to work with Chris." <laughs> Man, <laughs> sorry, not sorry. What a journey. And so now you're on, now you're on the East coast, you've settled in, you're now in a leadership role, working for a big Watsco company. What are you doing now? Yeah. So now, uh, been a regional manager. And as of, uh, today was promoted to VP of sales of the Southeast, uh, yeah. which is fantastic. I love that. Um, but we're out, you know, trying to be the best distributor that we can be. Uh, and we do that, you know, by, I think what we're going to talk about a lot today is helping people improve their salespeople. And that's one of yep. our big focuses is customer service, making sure we have a product, all that, but really helping and getting out in front of our customers and helping them be better businesses, right? Meaning they're selling better product, they're closing more, they're they're doing what they need to do to be successful. And then that in turn helps us be successful. Sure. So we've had a lot of luck with that game plan over the last three years here. So let's, let's one, thanks for sharing. Um, and I think it's pretty cool that how this whole thing has played out. I mean, the fact that you're on here is cool. I mean, you're our buddy, but we've also done a lot of business together, like in different, yeah. but in different facets, which is so yeah. cool. And it's actually super indicative of how this industry really is too. You it think really about it. is. <clears throat> but let's look back. Cause I, I, what I'm always interested in is you, you've taken on many roles, similar, but many different roles. Um, which like, what was the most, what was the most fulfilling one to you? Like, what is the one that is like, you're like, you know what, this is the one that felt the best for me. And, and or is yeah, that now? I, I think, you know, I get enjoyment and fulfillment out of all of them. I'm really enjoying my time right now in this role. But if I, I think if I had to pick a number one, it would be my time with, with Cooper heating and cooling. You know, we went in there and I learned so much in that time frame that I was there and we did so many things and we did, you know, it was 2008 that I started there. Uh, most companies were not growing, right? They were going the other way. Uh, and we just happened to take off and we found a formula that worked and we were hiring, we were growing and, uh, you found the digital partner that worked. What's that? You found the digital marketing partner that worked. We found a digital marketing company (laughs) that really helped us. That's right. Uh, it was fantastic. Um, you know, so to me, if I'm learning and growing and, and kicking ass, right, then I'm happy. That's the happiest I can be. And And I would, you know, tell anybody all the time, I, I'd get up, I'd be the first one in there, six o'clock every morning, I'd be the last one home. Sometimes I wouldn't get home until nine, 9.30 at night. And it wasn't because anybody told me I had to, it's because I loved it. I yeah. love growing, I love building this team and uh, it was just great stuff. So so that job will always have a special spot in my heart, for sure. Yep, and that's when I got to know you the best and he's not lying, he would be the first one in, the last one out and it was quite the ride you had there. Um, so one of the, the, the main theme we want to go over today is really to talk about the concept of salespeople, how to make salespeople better. Um, but I want to talk a little bit, we're going to kind of be all over the place here because I want to talk about your success with big box retail, because that's an area, if I look back on your career, 
Like you really, really stood out during a period of time for taking retail programs and, you know, making them perform 10 times better than the competitors, not just like better improvement over time, but dominating. So tell me about your experience in working with, I think you've probably worked with, with, um, with Lowe's, with Home Depot, with Costco, what worked for you and how did you get your team to outperform everyone? SmartAC.com, SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. Yeah, great question. Uh, look, there was no magic bullet for that, really. It was communication. Uh, I was working with the stores and, you know, Costco was a big one for us. We, we got out there and they had the lead generator positions, right? I don't even know if they really had the positions available. We had a kiosk in there right. and we were hoping people would walk by and see that kiosk and set up a lead. But uh, we decided to put some lead generators in there and train them to really go out and market themselves to customers as they walk by. They did a really good job at that. Uh, and that definitely boosted our sales. But what really helped out was, was the relationship with the store managers, right? They always looked at us as this kind of pain in the ass deal that was in the store, in their way. They knew they could sell toilet paper off a of pallet space there and make X amount of dollars. They didn't know what we could bring in because we never had air conditioners moving through carts. You know what I mean? And nobody ever went through a register and said, I'm buying this $10,000 system or $15,000 system. So we just started communicating with them really well. We go in and have meetings with them and say, do you realize we sold X amount of dollars this month? And here's a big fake check to show you what we did for you guys. And all of a sudden they, they would perk up and say, what do you guys need from us? Right? <laughs> right. You are now making more money than toilet paper and cigarettes and and this and that. So what do you need? Do you need a kiosk up front? Do you need an all-week roadshow? Um, so that really helped a lot. And getting one manager on, uh, a guy named Chris, he worked in the Highlands Ranch store in Colorado, was a fantastic help for us. Because once we did it with him and started making things work, everybody else wanted to know why his store was doing so well. Hey, was that, was that guy a wrestler? No. Okay. So I'm not thinking, I'm, maybe I'm thinking about somebody else, but he was a sales guy you guys had. I can't remember the dude's name. Anyway, sorry to derail you. But I remember having a conversation with some guy who was just like a beast, and I don't remember who it was. Was his name John Mizraka? His Well, that was another beast. It was maybe with somebody you created. <laughs> that guy was a beast, but we used to call him. Because I don't know if I ever shared with you, I wrestled for three years in high school. Did you really? Yeah. I was the tallest, skinniest guy. I wrestled at 135, and I was about six foot two. Yeah, I wrestled just get folded. I, I looked re- like Paul Redman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry to derail you, man. Keep going. You're crushing it. No, so that was, uh, you know, great. So we we learned that and we did really, really well with it. So we had tons of lead generators working for us. It was constantly, you know, we had to hire a lead generator supervisor to get them scheduled to make sure we were filling the stores up because pretty soon the stores were like, why don't you have a lead generator in here? This guy needs to be in here, you know, and they, they were starting to demand that, which was a cool thing, uh, but it was also, you know, work. So we had to make sure we're filling that out. And then we just took that and reproduced it in Home Depot for a while. We went after a couple of Ace Hardware stores, made that work for a little bit. Um, and the program just really worked well. And Paul, I remember, you know, at the time, 
we have people from out of state funneling through to come ask us what we're yeah. doing and do little tours and, and check it out. And, and we had no problem sharing that, especially with the people in town, because we knew most of them wouldn't put the work in to get it done. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I remember having like, you know, semi-annual summits where we would have to rent out a hotel room or a hotel, like, you know, conference room and 20 contractors would come in to figure out what you were doing to make these programs outperform all the other ones. So yeah. if you were to become a contractor tomorrow, what would your approach with retail be? Would you get in? Would you, would you, um, is there a particular program you'd be a part of? I mean, it's kind of a tough question. Well, what the ba- what would the balance be? Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that's <laughs> the question right there. Right. So Knowing what I know now, right. uh, ooh, it'd be a struggle. I, I might get in uh, for a little bit. The costs on those were high. They are high, but for good reason. They've, they've got stuff to do too, right? Everybody's got to make some money on that. Right. Um, and I made a fortune in that program, so I can't knock it. But if I were to start a heating company tomorrow, I'd probably steer clear and put all my money into Rhino. How about that? <laughs> Organic is what I say. So, yeah. Yeah. You're saying there's more upside if you do it right outside of the programs that you wouldn't, you wouldn't even miss the retail program. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a strong believer of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, let's transition a little bit, Chris. Sorry. I, I took it's okay. I'm glad I teased question. that out. I, I'm, you went exactly down the path I was hoping you'd go with because I'm yeah. all, I love the retail versus organic. Totally. Yeah, totally. Um, I want to talk about, you know, comfort advisors, project managers, retail salespeople, whatever you call them, selling technicians, everyone listening to this call might call that that person that goes into the home to engage with the homeowner, something different, um, whatever you want to call them. Um, who and what are some of the best characteristics? Who's the best at the craft and, and what sets them apart? Yeah. Hey, great question, Paul, but I need to back up a little bit. Uh, in all seriousness, you know, we struggled with the... Um, Retail stores, yeah. right? We had about 95% of our business came through the retail stores and we knew Ooh. any day that could get pulled away, right? And so this big beast that we were growing could have just disappeared overnight. It was not a healthy mix. And and Chris, that is when we approached you and got a hold of you, right? Is we had a serious problem. We knew we needed to organically create leads for ourselves. And and when you say you guys slayed it earlier, you know, you you absolutely did do that. We we went from 95% retail leads. I think we ended up at 35% organically grown through you guys in a matter of no time, yeah, right? Absolutely. So um, it was a great program. What we did together worked really, really well. That was we so never funny. wanted to turn that retail off, but we we also had to be very careful of it. Yeah, and, and you had, and like it's different, right? Like the, the approach is different. So you it, it's not like you can just be huge retail or huge new construction and just open up out on replacement service. And like, it be, it's it, there's a whole nother process to it. And so, and sales aren't equal between the two. So I think yeah. I'm, a, I'm, I'm interested for you to keep going down this path because I always, um, I always love hearing what different uh, great salesmen in this industry, what the different, what they think are the right characteristics. And then trying to see which have been similar. Cause we've had, <clears throat> excuse me, we've had a, a few on here that have done that. We have Brent Buckley on who's like seven. Yeah. Brent crushes it. And I think I probably more align with his style than anybody's, but so let's get, let's keep going down that path. Yeah, let's do that. So, um, you know, characteristics, I, I know a lot of great salespeople and, and I don't know that there's a ton of consistency into what makes them great, right? Except for maybe one or two things. And one is a drive to want to win and do well, right? Uh, I think that's what really makes a good salesperson is that drive. But I've seen guys that I would think had no personality that would walk in. And I'm like, there's no way this guy's going to cut it. And they turn out to be fantastic. And then there's guys with great personalities that can really connect with customers that do well. Also, you know, um, 
So it's across the board, but I think it's that person that you want to find that's super competitive, that that wants to do something, right? Um, I remember my old boss back in Colorado, we'd argue about this all the time. He's like, you have to hire people that know heating and air conditioning. They're the only ones that are going to be good salespeople. And, and I fought him tooth and nail. And I said, no way. Like, I'd rather bring in somebody that approached me and maybe it was a shoe salesman at the mall that I thought was an amazingly outgoing person and did a really good job and teach them heating and air. That was way easier than te- teaching a guy that knows heating and air how to have a personality. I'm a fan. Man. I'm a fan of that. Yeah, and it worked really, really well. We we added, gosh, I think at one point where somewhere between 15 and 20, you know, comfort advisors, and and we had to find these people somewhere. We had roof sales people, car sales people. We had people from all different walks of life that came in, and we just taught them a good process and held them accountable, and they became successful. You know, and ended up passing guys that have been doing it for 15 to 20 years their way. You know. And, and sold super high efficiency, two stage yeah. variable speed equipment all the time. That's right. So, um, can I just throw out my two cents on this? Uh, since of it's course. you know technically I'm the host, so I, I guess I have an opinion I can share. <laughs> um, I, I you actually said two things that um, that we can actually apply to our business as well, and it is you talked about the guy who has a great personality who can essentially go when you put him in a room with ten people, he comes out with nine friends or a gal. Yep. Um, and then there's also the person who's more, maybe more on the technical side that maybe their personality isn't there, but they can walk you through the technical process. And that is essentially selling without, but sell it's sales by education. Um, we have that in this, like kind of this model too, where I'll use a perfect example. Anna's our COO early in the business. It was her and I, you know, cause we we're co-founders. Um, and the way that she, like she, she doesn't want to, she's not, she doesn't want to more of an introvert. Doesn't want to be out there. Doesn't want, you know, she, but she knows the process so well and is so genuine that she could, you know, when she worked with our manufacturers, she could sell them easily because she wasn't selling them. She was educating them about what our processes are and what would become and thus earning trust. And then they would move forward with this because they knew the facts of what was about to go down. Whereas somebody who's got a good personality can kind of go in and essentially you're selling yourself at that point. And it's like, how's your, your personality can you, can you connect with people? But then it comes down to how genuine are you being? Like if you're passionate about it and your passion is about genuinely helping them create comfort or create whatever it is, it's hard to fake that piece of it. That's right. So if you can find somebody who's got both of those things, um, I feel like that's like the unicorn. Yeah. And, and you're both- absolutely right. It's in the caring, uh, and asking the right questions. Right. You know, when I was listening to Buckley, uh, gosh, what do you have him on a couple months ago? Mm-hmm. I listened to that a couple times because I want to get in my, well, I wouldn't get in my car, but I want to fly out and visit him and be like, dude, let me ride with you. Even though I'm not doing this anymore, I have to see what you're doing. Same. Uh, so I listened to him a couple times because I was just fascinated by that. Cause he said a couple things that I agree with a hundred percent and then a couple that I didn't. And, and I had to think was one of us right or wrong. No, you know, whatever's working works. Right. So some of the stuff I agreed with him is showing empathy caring about the customer, designing the system around the customer, all super, super important things. And your customer knows when you're doing that, right? They know that you care. They know that you're asking questions and listening and, and designing around them, all super important stuff. One of the comments he made though uh, was, hey, look, I close every single time. And I'm fascinated by that, right? He's like, I have a 95% closing rate. I was the opposite. I was like, I always said, I was like the sales grenade. I would do my presentation, I would kick ass it, I would make sure the customer appreciated it, ask the right questions, handle objections, and then I'm, most of the time I got the call back, right? And so he's like, man, nobody's ever gonna call you back. 
well, now people we... called me back. I got, you know, one time closes too, but not not many at all, right? So well, now we know who drove up the uh, episode count on Buckley's episode. It was John Mizrahi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I literally just listening to this thing. Yeah, so I mean, kudos to him for what he's doing. That is absolutely amazing. Uh, and for a second, I do want to quit my job and go back and see if I could do it. I literally just text him and asked him if I can come do a ride along with him. Like I only said for an appointment or two, because that guy will go run like 10 appointments in one day. I ain't doing that. Uh, yeah. But I just texted yeah. him to see if he responds back to me. Yeah. But the big, so the big thing I got away from him was like, you know, caring for the customer and his drive. You, you can't teach drive, right? That's where when you're interviewing yeah. customers or you're coaching them, how do you make sure that person has that drive? Right. How do you, how do you figure that out there in an interview to see if you even want to move forward with them? But drive is so, so important. Paul, I'm excited for you to ask this next question. Oh, yeah. So thank you. I thought you were going to take it. No, but no, 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 I'm, no. Glad, I'm glad I get to. So I once heard a story of a comfort advisor who called you on a Friday night and said, John, you changed my life. What was he referring to? And why did you have such an impact on him? Uh, yeah. So I remember that pretty vividly. That was a standout moment for me. Um, so this guy is, was here in the Carolinas and, uh, his boss asked if I would ride along with him. His, if I remember hundred percent, his, her, her, the performance wasn't like super great. And he was like, I want to see if you can tweak or adjust anything. This is one of those guys with a great personality, you know, just outstanding guy. You would want to sit and talk to him all the time. We, we actually still communicate quite a bit. Um, and I did some ride-alongs with him. And he's just missing the process. You know what I mean? He was, he had the technical background. He was out there. He was just missing stuff like asking the right questions and, and repeating back to the customer what they said. So the, they knew he was listening and preparing. He needed to slow down. That was it. And so we did a couple ride-alongs, coached him and told him those things. And I said, you know, try that and see what happens. Uh, and he did. And he started doing fantastic. Started closing all these jobs. And I'm sure there's way more into it, right? He had to put a lot of work into that too. Uh, but he started doing stuff and, and kept his job, right? His boss was happy. He was making money that he wasn't making before. And he's just really excited about it, you know? And so when he called and said that, uh, that was really cool. It was a cool moment for me. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. So that's like, that's the stuff I love is when, when I'm able to impact somebody's life or this company or our employees or even their own, whatever it is, like that's the cool stuff. Like that's real life stuff. Yeah. So, so, um, thanks for sharing that story. I wish I knew who it was. Do I know this person? I don't think I don't so. No. Okay. I don't want to say their name. <laughs> okay. Um, so I, I don't, we have to tell me, uh, off, off air, but, um, so let's go into this. So you, this is a perfect, perfect segue. How do you, how would you take a, uh, an average in-home salesperson and make them like the Miz? Like how, what do you do to try and take that average person? Cause as you, are you seeing like some similarities and like, Hey, this is typically one of two or one of three issues that they're experiencing. Like, what do you do? What's the Ms. process? Yeah. So even today I still like to do ride alongs. It's one of the first things I offer. I, I just love doing that, you know, going out and coaching and uh, doing ride alongs and doing classes and, and just talking about heating and air conditioning sales in general. Uh, Man, the biggest thing I see when I go and do ride-alongs is the basics, right? We forget to ask for the sale. We don't handle objections. We get out there and we predetermine what the customer needs before we even ask them any questions. You know, they go straight into the furnace, they give them a quote, and then they leave. You know, it's it's crazy how many people do that too. Um, going back to you know what Brent said, like 
look, you got to take the time to spend with a customer and get to know them. What do they like about their house now? What do they not like about their house? How are they heating? What are their expectations? Are we doing heat load calculations? You know, are we doing duct design? He hit it right on the head with duct design. Uh, once you find out what all these customer pains are, right? Determine what the pains are, then you can solve those pains most of the time with equipment. A lot of times with duct work, it makes a sale way, way easier. So I'm always a big fan of the consultation, right? Let's yep. figure out what the ailments are, prescribe what the cure is, and let the customer pick what they want to do. You know, find something in the budget. And it, it's easy when you get to do that. Do so. you do you roll in like you you know you're going to have these standard objections and instead of waiting for the objection you just rolled into the actual sales like the the pitch a if you will absolutely and i and i i would guess it's probably some of the old airtime 500 uh <laughs> trading from back in the day that always sticks you know you got the five big objections and you try to handle those through the call so you don't wait to the end uh right. you, you hand them through the call so when at the end there are no objections it's either yes or no at that point so another thing too is, well, one, I, that makes sense to me um, really in, I think any, any business model is if, once you start to understand what the, what this, the same objections are over and over and over again, you, you go ahead and solve them by just talking through it, you know, just talking through it. Cause that way, you know, get through this whole process and that certainly will help your close ratio. Cause then by the time you get there, you've already covered those objections. So your odds are greater. But um, one, another thing is, and, and I, I say this cause we just recently purchased a, a new office for Rhino for our uh, expanding team. And one thing I was asking you about is, is zone systems because I love zones. Once I had a zone system once, I don't think you ever get away from it. That's right. Um, but what people also do, or I think, at least from my perspective, is we don't, homeowners don't know everything that's available. And it's, and you're not oversharing. You're not overselling by, like, if they don't know, they can't buy anything if they don't know it's an option. And so I think also I've, I've realized people assume that maybe a homeowner already knows about it, so they just don't bring it up. Is that yeah. something that you see on upsells or different like IAQ? Another example, of something that has that's come up obviously more recently, but in the past maybe wasn't something that was brought up as much. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's one of the biggest uh, you know hurdles in our industry in sales for sure is complacency, right? So as comfort yep. advisors, we get complacent. Man, this is my third call today. It's a Friday. I've been doing this all week. I'm just going to yeah. burn through this one, right? Yep. And they don't take the time. If you can fight that, you're you're going to be you know, a big achiever getting stuff done. Complacency but, will cripple you. You cannot let that happen. Without a doubt. And then just being on the distributor side, man, 80% of our customers out there just want to do it the way they've always done it. They don't want to get out there and learn anything new, right? And the ones that do are the ones that are going to excel and take off and get out there and offer high efficiency, offer inverter technology, offer IAQ. When COVID first started, we couldn't keep IAQ on the shelves. Right. We just right. couldn't. We were anything we had, we sold. Here it is. COVID still a number one conversation out there. Right. But as an industry, I see we're getting complacent again and we're not talking about IQ like we were the first couple of months. Got it. So now nobody, you know, we're not selling it nearly as much as we did a year ago. Is it because everybody has it? Absolutely not. Right. We just right. stopped talking about it again. So who knows? You know, we got to we got to stay out in front of people. Uh, as a sales manager, you know, in any company, you just have to stay in front of your people and make sure they're talking about those things and coach the processes and, and make sure you're managing, right? Yep. Let, let's talk a little bit about coaching. You referenced Airtime 500. You've done Piscatelli. You've done trained boot camps. You've done it all. And I know that I've been around you long enough to know you kind of have your, your own, uh, I guess, process and package. But um, what has changed in the training space and how do you coach the modern era salesperson? 
Yeah, there, there has been a lot that's changed. Uh, you know, just follow up, you know, is, is a big one. We'll, we'll answer your question a little more, but follow up mm -hmm. makes me think about the, the changing. People want to text nowadays, right? Back when I was doing sales and, and really going at it, texting wasn't really an option, right? Mm -hmm. It was callbacks and you never got the customer. <laughs> Millennials want to be texted. They want all this other cool stuff. So it's, you know, staying current with all this stuff is really important. But uh, coaching uh, today's people is you have to find, you know, going back to Cooper, when we had so many salespeople there, right? You can't coach everybody the same. You just can't. You have to find out what drives these people. But they all have the same, they have to have the same process when you get that many salespeople working for you. You can't have everybody out being a gunslinger, doing their own thing. Right. You'll never be able to manage that. So being able to find out what drives people, is it money? Is it fame? Is it uh, just helping people? You got you to find out what that is and really coach towards that and, and find out what, what these people want to do. You'd be surprised how many people out there are just okay with being okay. Right. Yeah. I don't want to make any more money than I'm making now. I'm totally fine. Yep. They're not bad people to have on your team, nope. but they're not people that you're going to be able to push into being your champions, you know? Yep. They're workers. Well, yeah. What are the fundamentals of the perfect sales call? If you could go back and run a sales call right now, what are the fundamental building blocks of that call? Yeah. I would make sure I had enough time. Right. I still see today. A lot of our customers are giving their guys a small amount of time to go out and run a call. They want to do a bunch of calls during the day and they expect big results. Two, maybe three calls a day is all I would recommend, right? Wow. Maybe okay. three calls. Give them the time to get out there, educate the customer, ask the right questions, make sure they're equipped to answer all the questions, make sure they present a good option, right? Good options. I recommend three to four options out there. And then make sure, for God's sake, that they're asking for the sale. Uh, you know, circling back to what we talked about earlier, even today, it boggles my mind how many people just leave the proposal and then they leave and hope they get a call later. It's yep. crazy. <laughs> Who's the best at sales that you've come across? Okay. Shout out time for Uncle Joe. Uh, Joe there you go. Uncle Joe. Yeah. So I've been in a lot of trainings. Charging him. Yeah. He's, uh, he's fantastic. I remember I was trying to find somebody that can train uh, our service techs. And so I wanted to go out and take the class and learn. And, and so I paid my own money and went out to California and spent time with Joe and it was worth every single penny going out there to see him. Good old uncle Joe. He's been on. Here. So what, what is it about uncle Joe that, that makes him the best? Yeah. He's not a high pressure sales guy. Right. Uh, I would say my takeaway from there was less is more, right. Usually somebody gives a salesperson objection. They just want to start throwing up. Ah, here's the answer. Joe doesn't do that. Right. Hey, I understand that's a concern. So what should we so do? What should we do? <laughs> <laughs> That's so it's magic. It's magic. So what should we do? Yeah. Uncle He's great. Yeah. Chris, you want to take this next one? This is a, this is a big question. Yeah. So I mean, actually, as I read through this question, I actually have, uh, I've been, I've worked through some of these experiences as well. Sure. So you had experience with multiple brands. Obviously that's how, what kind of what brought you and I together in Denver yeah. at Cooper's was, was essentially one manufacturer trying to help you pivot to another. And I was that dangling, um, the carrot they dangled in front of you to help, you know, entice you to come over and, and it all worked out. So I'm grateful it did, but yeah. you, you have worked with multiple brands over the years. Um, and, and, 
mostly on the contracting side, if I'm, I think is correct. But yeah. um, what role does brand like truly play in high performing salespeople? Does it, I have my opinion, I'll keep it to myself for now, but what role does brand really play in high performing salespeople and, and how do you leverage the brand or does it even matter? Like, yeah. So I always piss somebody off when I say this, I know brand doesn't, brand doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. Unless it's Reem, which I sell now, then it's extremely <laughs> important. Disclaimer. <laughs> Shout out to Mike Brands. Uh, brand doesn't matter, right? It's uh, support, right? And that's that's the leverage I think that, that needs to be talked about is what is your distributor doing for you? Are they there so you can help them or are they there to help you, right? And that's the big thing you have to ask yourself and ask them, right? How, how are they partnering with you to grow your business and help your salespeople and to to be a better business, you know? So all the brands I think are fantastic now. It, if they weren't, they wouldn't be out there. They wouldn't be working, right? They're all, they're all good. And it's how you get supported that, that really is what you need to look at. What, what would that conversation look like in the home, right? When the homeowner looks at you and says, well, I've heard about this brand. I've heard about this brand. I'm just curious why, you know, you're choosing private label, or maybe I've never heard of that piece of equipment role play with me a little bit and describe to me how you would communicate with a homeowner who's really concerned around brand. Yeah. Great question. So back in the day, when we did that airtime 500 training, brand objection training was something that we worked on. Uh, if I do classes now with objection handling with our customers, I'll ask them, how often are you getting brand objections? And it, it seems like it's gone away, right? It's, yeah. we'll still get some people that say, well, man, my dad worked for so-and-so. And so I want that. Yeah. Um, but Everything that we do in the process, right? Doing a heat load calculation, designing the duct work, taking a look at their existing duct work, finding out what their needs are. I would say to a customer, look, you want the best system that works for you and your family, right? You want us to design something that works best for you? Well, this is why I chose this, this product, mm -hmm. yeah. right? And, and if something were to go wrong with this unit, the distributor we're buying from will will take the greater likelihood that they would take care of it in the right way. Yeah, it goes back to the support. If you're truly getting support yep. from your distributor, they're taking care of you. This is how we get you know support from our guys, and you're ultimately going to get taken care of regardless of what happens. Yeah, Got absolutely. It. Got it. So, John, there's people listening to this from all over the country. You've worked all over the country. What's different from coast to coast, region to region, or is it all the same? It's not the same. I learned out what a package unit is when I moved out to uh, yep. North Carolina. I, I think I remember that. Yeah. Same here, man. Yeah. Uh, I learned heat pumps are, uh, you know, a, a big to do out here compared to where we were at. Uh, yeah. When I, you know, when I moved out here, I, I planned on taking six months off and just trying to refine myself, a little midlife crisis or something. I didn't know what I wanted to do. A I thought maybe crisis. I'll get back into residential sales and then I saw that, you know, here, the upside was there's two systems in almost every home, right? Mm -hmm. uh, one in the attic, one in the basement usually, or one in the crawl space. And then I found out about the bugs and the snakes and the heat. I said, well, I definitely don't want to be a residential sales guy anymore out here. That's that's too hot. <laughs> if I remember, you were like, I'm not putting my six foot six frame through a, a crawl space. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And not with the, the snakes that I've seen around here. No, thanks. You're probably six uh, three now. Yeah, I'm shrinking, but, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, there's a lot of similarities, but then there's some big differences too, you know, like flex ducked out here. We didn't have, you couldn't use flex duct really in Colorado. Everything was hard pipe. Yeah. They don't know what hard pipe is here. Uh, water heaters in the attic. I've never seen that before until I got out here. So definitely some big differences. Got it. Um, 
I know we've used quite a bit of time here. We could talk so much about just the different experiences you've had. Um, You know, one of the things that I've found interesting about you, John, is everyone who's met you, like you've left a lasting impression on. No one's not sure if they've ever met John Mazzarocca, right? Even my kids, like my, you know, my kids love you. (laughs) You were at my, my oldest daughter's second birthday, like 10 years ago. It's crazy about how long we've been friends. But um, when you look back over your career, what do you want your legacy to be? Ooh, I like it. Yeah, that's a great question. Love this question. Uh, man, Paul, I want to think, I think I want people to think of me as, you know, a guy that, that kept pushing and did really well while having a good time. <laughs> I, I could say, you know, this, um, I'm very fortunate. I think you guys would agree in this industry that uh, we've met a lot of great people. We experienced a lot of great things. We're able to have the small, big community that we're in. Right. And, and we can have a really good time doing it. I, I wake up in the morning excited to go to work. I don't think it is a job. It's it's fun. You get, yep. get to meet people every day and talk about stuff that we have passionate about doing and we make good livings at. What, what more could you ask for? I love it. I, I, I think that um, one, it's I'm grateful that you came on. It's always fun to go down memory lane. Um, yeah. and it's also interesting to think like if, man, I'm so glad we didn't suck because within this would, relationship would have never really flourished and went this far. If you think about it, like all it is, is like one thing could change and that changes everything, but we're here. You got to be on the podcast. The fact you listen to every podcast, I say this, man, and I know you usually bust each other's balls, but I'm extremely thankful and grateful that you take that time and do that. That means a lot to me. Um, it's the whole reason we put this thing on and you know, our heart, like behind all the jokes and stuff like that, you know, we legit have a heart to help serve the, the trades, whether you're a customer or not. That's the whole reason we're doing this podcast too, is to help all those that we can't as well. So well, let me, let me say something real quick, Chris, because that, that is the reason I listen every week is not because I'm friends with you guys. Right. Although that helps, but to stay motivated and to stay on the front edge and to stay like pumped up all the time, Man, I get that from you guys listening to your people that come on, your guests. Like I get fired up 95% of the time and I want to go out and do more and, and push my team, you know? So I look forward to read every, well, I listen on Wednesday mornings when I'm driving up to our Winston-Salem <laughs> office. I have that time. I, I like to turn that on and that's my weekly schedule. So I appreciate what you guys are doing. It's it's really helpful for me. Well, you, you hit on a key thing. One, it, and one, um, I can always tell when you get fired up because you usually shoot me a text message. <laughs> on the ep- on the episode <laughs> which I love by the way so keep doing that but um we talked about complacency earlier you you cannot be complacent so this is just another tool to help you not be complacent it is supposed right. to make you better whether you're in sales you're in management you're in whatever in the in the trades so um what I have learned though Paul is that the name of this podcast is to the point um, we started off really getting to the point much faster than we do these days. <laughs> now we, it takes us a little longer to get there, but uh, I believe that the story of the guest matters to under, to get, to give it more context. So you can understand from their perspective, because not everything works for the same for everyone. And like Ms. was saying, coast to coast, it's not apples to apples. So you got it like just, you know, like in sales guys, everything you can't use the same, maybe the same process, 80% of it works, but it doesn't, not 100% of it works. You still got to take it, make it, make it your own. But you can't be complacent. You always have to be getting better. We live in that world. Like, we're yeah. in a technology. Like, I'm so grateful we stuck to the trades 13, nearly 14 years ago. We've only really had to chase the technology. It's because that alone is difficult. But we can't get complacent. And now people rely on us. So, and people rely on you. And I think why you've been 
so successful kind of looking back at your history is it comes down to, which this is the core value of Rhino, you genuinely care. You genuinely care about helping people. And that's really, that's the reward for you is you get to feel good about it. I mean, that's what happens is now you're growing other people. You make a great living, but you earned it because you genuinely care to help. And that is a key ingredient to success, no matter who's listening to this thing. And if you think that I say that too much, I'm sorry. It is a fact that if that comes through and, you, and if you don't fake it uh, and you, you know, you're passionate about what you do, man, God, if you're going to work, have fun with it. If it's, right. if it's too much work, make a change, do something different. If you, if, so that's, I can't stress that enough. So I want to end with this real quick, but not, and I want to make sure I, uh, if you're open to it, Ms. I, that we can share your contact info for somebody to reach out to you. I'm sure you can probably be okay with that. Um, actually, no, let's do that first, and then I'll go ahead and finish with um, with my a review that I want to read. So what's your contact info that if somebody listening wants to reach out to you? Yeah, so my email address is johnjohn.misuraka, M-I-S-U-R-A-C-A, at gemair.com. Phone number 720-252-2901. Call anytime. Love it. Damn. Ride a long time. So, and you will fly out and ride along with someone. Without a doubt. 100%. That's fantastic. I love it. Love it. The big commit. John will use his vacation time to fly out of his region to come ride along with your salesperson to make them better. Dude, this and is Paul's paying good. for that plane ticket. So do let's not, do it. Yeah, exactly. Do not use your <laughs> Rhino Amex. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm in. Okay. Hey, so listen, appreciate you so much coming on here, dude. And again, thanks for listening and always uh, chiming in. I appreciate your friendship. And again, I think that we have a lot of similarities and that's why it makes this friendship work so well. So thank you for that. Um, no, thanks guys. Appreciate it. Yep. You are welcome to keep kicking ass, man. I can't wait to see what's next for, for you too. So I want to share a, uh, um, a review, um, like we've been doing on the end of our podcast. And if you haven't left a review, um, we've been getting a ton lately. Producer Kyle, you notice that, which is pretty awesome to see them coming in. Um, at more frequency, that's again, like the best, re- the most rewarding thing for us that lets us know what we do matters and, and matters to you. If it matters to you, it matters to us. So keep leaving reviews. If you don't know how to do it, you can, uh, when you open up our, our podcast, you scroll all the way to the bottom and it says, you know, you can write a review and you can leave it that way. If you don't know, just reach out to us and ask, but regardless, I love, 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 love seeing those things. I know so does TP. So I will share this podcast for five stars. It says the podcast that really gets to the point. Um, does it, <laughs> does it really <laughs> get to the, wait, when was this one posted? Okay. Now, so this is from Olivia Noel 31, Olivia Noel 31 says, these guys are not only full of so much positive energy, but they are so knowledgeable in the home services, HVAC and digital marketing industries. I learned something new every time I listen, highly recommend Olivia. We appreciate Love you. It. Thanks for, thanks for sharing that. My guess is her middle name is Noel and she's, and she was 31 when she created that you think because you don't change the name you never know what was your what was your username on aol chris your first username i can't share that with you (laughs) i'm kidding (laughs) mine was dunk on you letter u 52 dunk on you (laughs) oh my gosh i don't know man that's too long ago there's i guarantee there's some people on here listening that never heard of aol what do you think okay listen we actually might have kept this under an hour is that right kyle we did just barely, though. So, hey, Miz, barely. appreciate you so much. Tall Paul, thank you so much for uh, writing down some super thoughtful questions. I'm glad we got Always. to reminisce and share. And then our listeners, please, listen, don't get complacent. The Miz is willing to fly in, and he's willing to take middle-of-the-night text messages from you since you shared his cell phone. So he's willing to help you out. So utilize <laughs> it. True. Because if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Until next time.
We'll see you. Listeners, thank you so much again for listening to this podcast week after week. We are extremely grateful. Again, the whole purpose of this podcast is to give back to the home services industry that we love so much, whether you're a rhino or not. We really, really appreciate all the subscribers. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please go in and subscribe and you'll get all the episodes sent to you automatically weekly. Also, we have really enjoyed your feedback. Uh, it's so meaningful for us when we get to read the nice comments that you guys put. So keep doing that. And if you don't know how to do it, here's what you got to do. You search for To The Point Home Services on Apple Podcasts. You click on our profile, scroll all the way down to the bottom and hit write a review and be honest and share your story and how the podcast has impacted you and your business. Thanks again from the bottom of our hearts at To The Point Home Services Podcast. We appreciate you.